So this morning, we have a unique opportunity, and as we think about where we are today, it's a crossroad. It's the last day of the year, it's the last day of the month, it's the last day of a weekend, it's an opportunity to turn the page and move from 2023 to 2024. And you've seen on Facebook, they've said that it's 1231-2023, which basically is 123-123. So my brother in his church said, what a great Sunday to waltz right back into church. So I'm glad you've decided to waltz into church this morning with 123-123. But if we consider this last year and we look back over this last year, obviously there's been some great things that have occurred, some great things that have taken place. But for me personally, and if I look back on 2023, I can tell you I'm pretty excited about turning the page to 2024. And there's probably several other here this morning who would say, you know what, this year brought on the loss of a loved one. This year brought on an unexpected illness. This year brought on perhaps a change in a job or something I wasn't looking to have in my life. So just a new opportunity to, to turn the page, being grateful for what the Lord's blessed us with, but a refreshing new start just to turn the page on a new year. You know, oftentimes I think, man, wouldn't it be nice if life were like a storybook? It started once upon a time and life ended with happily ever after. Wouldn't that be nice? Or wouldn't it be nice if life was like a Hallmark movie, you know, the one? The guy comes on the scene and the girl doesn't like the guy and then the guy does something nice, then the girl likes the guy. Then they kiss at the end and they live happily ever after. And then the next scene rolls on and you think, well, what happened? I thought that girl had blonde hair. Now she got brown hair. It's the same movie. It's just different people doing the same thing over and over and over. But if we think about that, you know, our lives are anything but predictable. And there are a lot of chapters between once upon a time and the end. A whole lot of chapters that we have to live between once upon a time and the end. And you know what makes a good book? And then they take a book and turn it into a movie. What makes a good book that they turn into a movie is that plot twist. That thing you didn't see coming. That unexpected thing that just in the pages jumps off the page and you think, wow. I didn't see that coming at all. That's great for a book. That's even okay for a movie. But that stinks when it comes to life. That plot twist that comes and you say, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. And this morning as we sit together on this last day of the year, and we think about the opportunity that we have to make resolutions, and, and here's the deal on a resolution. A resolution is nothing more than what you ought to have been doing anyway. So we don't have to resolve to do what we should have been doing to start with. So we won't talk about resolutions this morning because you ought to have been doing those things anyway. But what I do want to talk about this morning is the opportunity that we have to take our once upon a time, that start, and recognize that if you're sitting here today, the the end isn't there yet. The the end isn't there yet. So we have an opportunity. The Lord gives us a unique privilege to turn to the next chapter. You see, chapter 2023 is over. But we have the ability with pen in hand to begin to write our chapter 2024. 
we have the ability to begin to shape what do we want the end to look like. I don't know how many of you are familiar, but evangelist Scott Pauley, he has a thing on Instagram, and he's a great evangelist. But every week, it's a challenge. And just recently, the challenge was this. Week 51 of 52 is gone, and he started this with week 1 of January 2023. And it's a challenge I want us to consider as a church, and Joyce, I'm going to ask you to put this in the bulletin every single week, to say week 1 of 2024 is gone. What will you do for the gospel's sake in the next week? Think about that. Think about that. If we were to reflect back and we think about this last year, it really becomes a question of what have you done for the gospel in 2023? You see, in 2023, we've had 8,760 hours. We've had 365 days. We've had 52 weeks to make an impact for Christ. But what have we done with that time? What have we done with each of the weeks that have come and passed our way? You see, if we consider just church, the commitment is just 14% of our time. If we consider an hourly commitment, we're talking about 1% of our time that the Lord says, be faithful to the house of the Lord. And that's counting Sunday school and church. We don't have church on Sunday nights. So you get an hour back. But how much of that time do we spend on things that we want to do? Things that please us but have no opportunity to further the gospel at all. You know, and if I'm being honest, I'd say I've missed a ton of opportunities. If I were to reflect back and look at the opportunities that have been laid before me, I've missed several opportunities in 2023. So as we come to this threshold, we have the opportunity to think, how can I make 2024 better? Again, it's a blank canvas, a blank sheet of paper, and you don't have to read someone else's story. You have the ability to take pen in hand and begin to script your 2024 and this morning, for just a little while, I want to just preach a message entitled The Next Chapter. So take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And just before we dive into the Word of God, we're just going to ask the Lord to, to bless our service this morning. And particularly when we pray, we want to pray for Sarah's father, Clint Wright, and also for Francis Shoup. Let's just remember both of those in prayer and others and so let's just ask the Lord to bless this time together through his word as he exhorts and challenges us this morning. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to this opportunity in the service just to give praise unto you, Lord, reflecting back of 2023, Lord, and everything that you've blessed us with, Lord, we truly want to come with a grateful heart and say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Thank you for the blank sheet of paper we have to begin to pen for tomorrow. And Lord, as we examine what you have for us here in Philippians chapter 3, Lord, I pray that you just speak to us right where we are at this point in the message, Lord. And Lord, as we pray this morning, we certainly want to remember Sarah's father, Mr. Wright, Lord, and Francis Shoup. Lord, I just pray you'd be with each of them, Lord, recognizing the burdens that are on those families, Lord, during these difficult times. Lord, just come alongside and reassure and show that you're faithful. 
And Lord, for others that are sick or hurting or can't be with us this morning, Lord, I pray for them as well. Now, Lord, I just pray for just a little while you'd open up the words of Philippians chapter 3 and just speak to our hearts. And thank you for the power of your word, recognizing that that has the ability to change people and not us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, as we look in Philippians chapter 3, I want to begin somewhere right in the middle. I want to start with verses 13 and 14, and what a great example. You know, Paul was probably the greatest preacher that ever lived. And as Paul was able to pen and reflect upon his life, I think there's some great insight for us. You know, as we consider and we look ahead and we know their resolution is those things we ought to be doing anyway, but Paul says, hey, I want to give you some practical truths of things to consider as you move towards 2024. Beginning in verse 13 and 14, Paul writes this. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So this morning as we get started, I want you to consider the position that Paul references here. If we consider the opportunity to look into 2024, a blank canvas, a blank page, somewhere he wants us to go, I want you to see the position that Paul puts himself in. He says this, he says, what I do is I reach forth. He says, I press forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I think that's a great practical truth to say, if we want to look at where we want to go in 2024, we got to keep our eyes moving forward. We can't look back in 2023 and focus on those things that we'd like to forget. Whether it's a mistake, whether it's a sin, whatever that may be, we've got to just continue to put our focus moving forward. What's the benefit of looking in reverse You know, when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, what did they continue to do? They said, I want to keep looking back. I want to look back to that comfortableness that was there, recognizing the whole while that comfort brought bondage. Look at Lot's wife. When she looked back on the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, it turned her into a pillar of salt. So as we look back, generally, we're looking back and reflecting because Satan's reminding us of all those things, those missed opportunities, those things that we shouldn't have done. How can you move forward with Christ if you've done this? How can you move forward with Christ if you haven't fully taken advantage of the opportunities that have been presented to you? How can you move forward if this has been said or that situation has been done? Whatever the case may be, looking back never gets us anywhere. Paul says, put your position and look forward. Press forward toward the mark. Don't look back, but consider where is it I want to go. You see, yesterday's gone. There's no getting it back. You can't go back, you can't change it, you can't make it any different, but what you can do is take your pen and make tomorrow different than it was today. But if we think about that and we set our position and we set our mark and we look towards where we want to go, it's a reminder of what is it that we need to pursue. You see, we see Paul's position, but we also see his pursuit. Look what he says there as we begin reading in verse 3. In verse 3 he says this, For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit 
and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. He says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Crucified the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead." You see, Paul says there, as I set my position to look forward, I'm not going to be caught up looking back, but I'm going to make sure that I'm pursuing Jesus Christ. He says, I'm going to set my position moving forward, but my pursuit is going to be on Jesus Christ. He says, you know what? If anybody has a right to boast in the flesh, Paul says, it's me. He says, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a Pharisee. You talk about the law, I knew the law, I kept the law, I could do everything. You talk about persecuting the church, I could do all those things. He says, I had everything in terms of what you would expect from a spiritual, religious perspective. More so religious, obviously, than spiritual. But he said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about my flesh. I'm going to count that as dung, as rubbish outside of the excellency of pursuing Jesus Christ. Let's just get honest. What's your pursuit? If you're truly being honest, do you pursue Jesus above all else? I think if we're truly being honest, we'd say, no, there's a lot of times I'd pursue what's good for me over what's good for the Lord. Paul said, you know what, I want my pursuit to be Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6 and verse 10 through 12 reminds us of this. For if that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it and the lusts thereof. You know what our problem is? We allow sin to reign in our body and more often than not, we obey it over what God has for us. And then we look back and we say, man, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe I kept stumbling into that sin or this sin. Good night. I can't believe the Lord would have all this. It's because we've got the wrong position. We're looking back, but, but why did you make all those mistakes? Why did you get yourself in that situation? You see, people don't just stumble into sin. If this is sin, I don't just jump right off into sin. 
If I'm going to sin, I get there taking one step at a time, one decision at a time, contrary to the word of God. You see, if we would live our life in pursuit of Jesus Christ, I promise you there would be far less regrets. Far less regrets. But not only that, his pursuit was not only Jesus, but his pursuit was heaven. He said, you know, I realize I'm just here. I'm just passing through. But my home is in heaven. Look what it says there in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. In Colossians chapter 3, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You see, Paul had a right position. He was pursuing things and pressing forward. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. Whether it's failures, but he also says, you know what, I'm forgetting those things I'm not going to rest on my laurels. I'm not going to say, man, I had a pretty good spiritual 2023. I kept to my little daily Bible reading plan. I could take it and check mark every little thing on there. Who cares? That don't mean jack squat. If you're reading to check a box, then you might as well not even read. You know what the Lord would have you to do? Just focus in on a verse that he draws you to. Just be present in his presence and let him speak to you where you need to be. But you see, he said, not only do I have a right position, but I'm pursuing Jesus and I'm setting my focus upon heaven, recognizing this earth doesn't have anything to offer. You know what our problem is? We like the things of the world. The world's pretty comfortable. It provides a lot of good things. Think about how many times We give up our pursuit of Jesus, our pursuit of heaven for something as shallow as something the world can promise. And there's no fulfillment in that whatsoever. You see, at our very nature, we're emotionally based people. We like that emotion. We like that feeling of emotion. We we are craving that. We're drawn to that. Do you think Satan doesn't know that? Of course he does. That's why he appeals to our emotion. That's why he appeals and says, hey, you can do this and it's okay to do that. If it feels good, it must be okay. The reality is if it feels good, it's probably not okay. But what's your pursuit? What is it you're drawing towards? You see, as we go to that old cliche, we say the chapter in your life is now over. And you have the opportunity to write the next chapter. And that's all true. That's how we started the message. But how will you write that next chapter? Will you put yourself in a right position? And will you put yourself pursuing the right things? You see, we want to take a pen in hand. And we want to take that blank piece of paper. And we want to start out by saying... Well, if this hadn't happened, then 
this wouldn't be here. Or if this person hadn't have done that then, or if this circumstance hadn't have come into my life then, or whatever the case may be then, quit letting somebody else write your story. Pick up the pen and write your own story. Set your right story based on the right position and pursuing the right things. Once upon a time has already come and gone. The end is not here yet. You get to determine what the next chapter looks like. You get to determine what the end is all about. And we can sit here and just for a little bit we can say, yes, you know what? I am. As I move forward, I'm going to put myself in the right position. It's a new year starting tomorrow. It's a new day of the week. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do those things I know I need to do. I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start reading my Bible more. I'm going to be present with the Lord more. And we can say, I'm going to pursue after heaven. I'm going to pursue after Jesus. Those things are all going to be there. But I want to warn you of something found right in the middle of Philippians chapter 3. And that's the prediction. You see, we can have the right position. We can have the right pursuit. But you know where a lot of people will fall? With a prediction that's made. Look, look what it says there, beginning in verse 15. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. He says this. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded... And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. In other words, open me up, Lord. Speak to me. Show me exactly who I truly am. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Paul says, I'm giving you an example here. Something you can follow with the right position and the right pursuit. But look what it says in verse 18 and verse 19. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame who mind earthly things that's a prediction for a crowd this size there is no doubt that as we stand here at the end of this year there will be some that Satan will get in his snare there will be some that pursue the things of the earth the things of the world over the things of God. And you know what? That'll be their gain. Just what they have been able to pursue contrary to what God lays before us to pursue. You know, it's easy to come to church and it's easy to say, I want to be in a right position. I want to have a right pursuit. But let's be mindful of the prediction. The prediction is that there will be people who say, you know what? I'm going to mind earthly things and glory in my shame. The more you desire to pursue the things of God, the more Satan is going to try to get you off track. And I promise you this, 
Satan knows exactly what it takes to put a wedge in a family. Satan knows exactly what it takes to get you to fall in sexual immorality. Satan knows exactly what it takes to get you pursuing things of the world versus things of God. And what it takes for you is different than what it takes for me. But Satan knows. And you don't think he's actively pursuing to say, ha, here they sit on church the last day of 2023, and as they look to write the next chapter, Satan's just as crafty saying, I just want to steal them away from the things of God. How do we do it? How do we do it? You do it this way. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 says this. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If I can just leave you with one thing this morning. Don't set a resolution of what you ought to be doing anyway. And don't set a grandioso scheme of in 2024, I'm going to do these great things. Can you do this? Set a goal that tomorrow, one day at a time, I'm just going to purpose to live in God's will. Just one day at a time. Lord, just give me tomorrow. And after I do tomorrow, you'll show me what the next day holds. Lord, help me be faithful in that next day. And then after that day, Lord, just give me one more day to be faithful then. Then after that day, just one more day. Let me give you seven things. There's seven days in a week. Seven things that we can do to take up our cross daily and simply follow him. You see, God doesn't expect some great, massive thing. He just expects us just to be obedient unto him. And you know, if we're truly being obedient, you know what that means? It's just like Josh saying, come as you are. Lord, I am a horrible sinner before you. Lord, more often than not, I make wrong choices. Yet in spite of it all, you love me anyway. In spite of it all, you give me a promise of heaven. And the least I can do is just take up my cross daily, one day at a time, and live for you. Don't be the prediction. Don't get your belly full of this world and let that be your gain. Pursue the things of God and watch out and see what he can do. That's where he wants us to be. Seven things. Seek God and not sin. Number two, fear God and not men. Number three, love God and not the world. Number four, believe God and not the deceiver. Number five, obey God not your flesh. Number six, serve God and not yourself. And number seven, worship God and not comfort. Seven simple things. And you don't have to do them all. Just purpose tomorrow, Lord. Let me just do one thing that would be pleasing unto you. Let me look for one opportunity, Lord, that would just reflect what you would have for me to do. 
You see, Paul, he said, I've got the right position. And I've got the right pursuit. But I don't want to fall prey to the prediction. He says this as we close. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 now through 14. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What are you going to pursue in 2024? The page is blank and it's yours to pen. The end has not been written yet. Just purpose every single day. Lord, let me just take up my cross daily and live for you. Let me do what you'd have me to do, Lord, one thing at a time. Don't look back at 2023, but look ahead to 2024 for what God has for you. You put him first. You yield your day to him, and you can face anything that comes. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we close the message this morning, Lord, we just thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. We thank you for the challenge, Lord. I thank you for Paul's example before us, Lord. Greatest preacher of all, Lord, yet he would say, I haven't even apprehended. I haven't obtained, Lord, and I recognize that it's not me. It's my pursuit of you and your pursuit of me. Lord, what a great truth that is that you're pursuing after us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough in spite of ourselves, Lord, in spite of our mistakes, in spite of our wrongdoings, Lord, yet you still have a pursuit after us. And Lord, I just pray that as we move towards 2024, Lord, recognizing we have a blank page, first and foremost, Lord, may we know for certain that we've been saved. Lord, none of us are promised tomorrow Lord, the day of salvation is today. And may we know for certain that we've trusted you as our personal Lord and Savior. Lord, we'll be tossed to and fro and trying to figure out this crazy world without you. The only way we can make sense and find peace in the midst of all the chaos is through you. And Lord Jesus, I just pray that as we close this service, Lord, we would just count it a great privilege and a joy to be able to be in your house to worship you once again. And Lord, as we move to the invitation time now, Lord, and Sister Lisa begins to play, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would just move in our hearts, Lord. And perhaps there's something we just need to come and lay at the altar and say, Lord, I just want to give it to you and I don't want to hold on to it any longer. Lord, let us not carry baggage into the new year, but let us lay it at the foot of the cross, Lord. And Lord, maybe we need a renewed commitment, not for some grandioso thing, but just to have a daily commitment to take up our cross and follow after you. Whatever the need, Lord, may you move during this invitation time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you will, just stand where you're at. I don't know what your need is this morning, but if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, let us take a Bible and show you how you can be saved today. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I don't know, I think so, I hope so. 
we can give you a no-so salvation. And maybe you're here this morning and you think, you know what, there are some burdens for 2023. I just need to lay down and trust you. If that's you, may I remind you that the altar's always open. And for each of us, as we close out this year, we consider one, two, three, one, two, three. Maybe just realize how simple it is just to follow what the Lord would have for us. See, he wants us to get caught up thinking there's got to do all these great big things. And we've got to have everything just perfect to have a good Christian life. When in reality, all we've got to do is one step at a time, just choose to follow him. Let me remind you that every choice has a consequence. Seek God, fear God, love God, believe God, obey God, serve God, and choose to worship God. Well, I certainly appreciate everyone being so attentive this morning and being in your place. Uh, what a great opportunity to be together on this last day of 2023. And with that, I'm going to ask our pastor to come close the service this morning. And if you're going to the Mexican restaurant, you'll beat the crowd because we're getting out at 1130. Good to see you today. Be in the house of God this Wednesday as we celebrate the new year. And then next Sunday, make plans to just be here. Listen. Attending the house of God is the, one of the most important things in your Christian life. And if you want to make a New Year's resolution, you, it's something that you should have already been doing. I say, hey, I am resolving this year to be faithful to the house of God. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. Thank you for Brother Brian and the message that you've laid on his heart. I pray, Father, that we would move away from this past year and look forward in hope. And Lord, I pray you'd give us a year of triumph in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, we realize that there is hope in the blood of Christ, that we can move on, that we can be forgiven, that we can have that victory in the Lord Jesus. I pray you'd bless us now and dismiss us in thy loving care. And bring us back, Lord, Wednesday night to study your precious word and be encouraged in the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. God bless you.